Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Purple Noon, a podcast, and welcome to our 50th episode. I'm Stephanie. That's Savannah. How you doing, Savannah? Excited. Mm-hmm. So today everybody our, likes us. I know. So today <laughs> for our 50th episode, uh, we are going to uh, interview each other 25 each questions. Um, so without further ado, Savannah, are you ready to begin? Yeah. All right. Number one from me, name and age. Savannah, 23. You go now. We're going to just shoot them back and forth. Childhood crush from a movie. Kurt Russell. (laughs) Kurt Russell. I mean, I was someone who like adored every celebrity growing up but I would have to say number one first that I can remember easily Kurt Russell Big Trouble Little China Jack Burton that's so funny because like if we were 35 that that would be normal because that that would would be normal you know if it if if we were like 35 and like 86 it would have been normal but not four in (laughs) 2003 you know that's really funny Mine was the guy from 102 Dalmatian. Remember, have you seen 102 Dalmatian? 102? Not even 101, 102? (laughs) No, I don't think think I've ever seen that one before. I feel you would know who he is. Look it up later. Okay, I will. I will. Your turn. All right. So do you have any previous experience within film or theater? Um, I did some theater in my, my younger years. Tell uh, us a little bit about it. I did some Shakespeare and yes. other, that was the only like popular known thing. Other than that, mm-hmm. it would just be like original things from like the community theater. And now I have this wonderful podcast that we made. Woo, so woo, woo. just going up from here, you know? Nice. All right. Your turn. Uh, what director do you admire the most and why? Dang, that's a good one. Um, I think it would have to be going along with the Big Trouble in Little China. It would have to be John Carpenter because Mm -hmm. he was like, after seeing The Thing, that was the movie I was like, oh, directing, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that it's, his style is particularly similar to mine, but in terms of like the first person to make me go, whoa, directing as a career, it's him. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Um, what is your favorite movie of all time? Uh, it's a cross between Goodfellas and Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. Um, it's nice. Very different, I know. Very but- Italian. Very, very Italian, you know, yeah. very different spectrums of the Italian <laughs> the culture, Italian. <laughs> a very, uh, very worldview on the Italian culture. You got New York Italian and Italian Italian. Real Italian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. A hard one. Get ready. Ooh, okay. If you can only watch one genre forever, what would it be? I would have to say drama because you can play a lot alone with drama. Yeah. I feel like comedies and 
uh, even horror. I feel like one point it's just going to be like, you're watching the same movie over and over again. Um, but if I were to have like it, it, drama, but if a niche category was allowed, it would be art house films. Cause I feel like I would never get bored with watching like, you know, things like Halsu and Tokyo <laughs> Drifter, you know, things that would be in the criterion essentially. Okay. That's a so, good one. It is a pretty diverse genre. I, I think so. I'd like to think, I mean, I feel like a lot of the crazy movies that I like are going to be in there, at least in art house or at least in, in drama too, you know, cause I feel like drama can touch both comedy and both, you know, horror yeah. and elements and stuff that I do like. All right. Now for you, favorite TV show of all time. Uh, for drama, I just finished dark on Netflix so that replaced really a lot that for one. me. I did. It was different. It's a German show. It's a German oh. show. Uh, but for f- like a funny, uh, just in general, I like Fleabag. I think Fleabag was one of the better things I saw recently. If you have to narrow it down to one, who is it? Who's the winner? Fleabag. Is Fleabag? Because I, I would watch Fleabag again. I don't think I could watch Dark again uh, just because it was long. And I feel like Fleabag, Fleabag is something that you could watch more than twice. Like, you know, yes. like I, I feel like it's one of those things where like every like one to two years you might revisit. At least that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Right. Favorite animated film. Oh, man. Animated film. I'm not a Disney person. So like when people- It doesn't have to be Disney. I know, but it it narrows my choices, you know? (laughs) Like, what do I have? I have that one movie, I have Monster House. And then I have that one like cartoon about the the lady in Iraq during, uh, during, no, during the Iranian revolution. Those are the only animation. (laughs) Um, I can keep it very basic and just go Ratatouille. You know, Demi. no. So basically, <laughs> technically, anime does fall under that category if that helps. Ah, but their TV. Sh- uh, no, I'm gonna stick with animation movies. I'm gonna okay. Stick with animation movie. If I have to bring it down to one. Uh, yeah, Ratatouille. One. Ratatouille. Okay. I'll bring it down to Ratatouille. Right, Second okay. runner up would be Monster House for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Can't I know yours is up, right? It is up. I like up. Okay. All right. So I did favorite TV show. How many Criterions do you own? Currently about 20. About 20? Okay. Okay. So just 20. Um, gotcha. I know you own a lot. I know you own a lot. I think I own about 80 at this point. But... Yes, that is a lot, but not compared to others. And like, I don't know, like it's a lot to have. Like, I think also it's not a lot for the amount of years I've been collecting. No, well, it's still a lot because it's more than like 10 movies a year that I've been buying <laughs> if that's the case. Well, okay. I was going to say, how how do you buy your movies? Because I only buy Criterions when I like the movie or if I'm sometimes, okay, I'll just give it a shot. I want to try this. How do you, because some people just buy whatever. Like some yeah. people are like going to buy everything like David. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you categorize it? I pretty much, I'll either find a, I, I, I kind of like to do things in like, groupings or sometimes like if I'm in a certain theme like 
Okay. There was one point in time where I was like, you know, I'm lacking a lot of Asian films. So I then that's when I started buying like House, Tokyo Drifter, um, you know, Hiroshima Monomore, things like that. I kind of okay. do groupings at a certain time. However, if a new Criterion, like this past Criterion sale, I bought Crash. Never seen Crash before, but I bought it for two reasons. Because I wanted to have, I was, I wanted to complete my David Cronenberg collection. Yeah. Um, same thing with, uh, what was the Lars? I bought um, another, the element of crime. And that finished like all the Lars von Trier film within the, within the criteria <laughs> collection. So I kind of just do that. And then also sometimes, honestly, if the cover is good enough. Okay. Like, did you see the cover art for Crash? Where it's just like, a car just being folded in the middle and then two people having sex. I was like, art, art. <laughs> and you true. know what's funny? I bought it and I told my dad, I was like, you know, this is like the type of artwork I would put in the bathroom to make people just think when they're on the toilet, you know? And <laughs> my dad said that, I said that to my dad and he was like, well, yeah, maybe you can get the poster after and then that immediately after that I discovered that it came with that poster so I'm just like do I have to put my my money where my mouth is now frame it you gotta frame it I know but the thing is there's like creases and stuff and it's like I would have to frame it too and I my bathroom is blue like the bathroom is all blue and everything I don't think a car wreck with people having sex on it is going to be very (laughs) inviting to the oceanic theme my mother has created theme in your bathroom it's very not nice. by choice not by choice no I was <laughs> like can I can my bathroom be black all black and she was like no that's gross so that's a little uh, scary I know well because like I think her p- purpose is like it's gross because you can't tell when it's dirty and I'm like fair True. point but I like the color black so I never got to change my bathroom all right so who I asked it, you you okay. asked me uh um, okay, so what you already answered this, so if you just want to uh, answer part of it, that's fine. But what director, in this case, I guess the question would be actor or actress, has inspired you most in terms of career wise, person? And so we're just sticking with actor or actress category, right? You answered the, you answered the that, John Yeah, so I, I would say actor or actress. Which one do you think is is inspiring to you the most? You know, I feel like people would say like, oh, you know, this maybe a writer director who's, you know, an actor as well, you know, like an Adam Sandler type. No, Marlon Brando, Marlon Brando, without a doubt, Marlon Brando. That's very controversial. Because honestly, I realized something as I was teaching myself about film. And I realized the people who I believe to be best directors are people who understand acting. Mm. So I heavily studied Brando and his techniques and everything like that. Okay. And because in his book, he complains a lot about so many directors, like, you know, especially Bernardo Bertolucci and everything like that. So I kind of took that as like advice from like an actor being like, hey, don't be this type of director. You know, I feel like that always like just sidebar. I feel like that's a big part of directing that everyone kind of scopes over. Everyone's like, oh, the creative, but it's like communicating with actors and actresses and being like, I want this emotion. I want it this way. And, you know, however it may be, you know, I feel like 
that tends to go overlooked. So I'm someone where someone's like, I want to be an actor. I'm like, look at books on directing to make a director's job way easier and to just be a really good actor. Same, but vice versa with directing. You want to yeah. be a director, read some acting books because it just very helps you good understand. Answer. Thank you. No, that's Thank very you. insightful. Thank you. I thought so, because I remember um, Brando, when he was talking about Last Tango in Paris, he was like, when um, Bernardo was like, oh, do this nude scene. And he would, the director would be like, I can't see you naked, Brando, because that makes me feel naked. And Brando was like, what the hell? And was like, <laughs> no, like, that's not cool, dude. No one ever do this. So I feel like I learned key parts from things like that. So definitely recommend that theory and way of learning if anyone's wanting to become an actor or director. All righty. Um, ask that. Blah, blah, blah. Favorite actor of the 20th century. Okay. <laughs> um, it would be Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Because I do think, have you seen Dog Day Afternoon? Yeah. I think that's one of the best performances ever. Attica. Yes, it's just so the stress. He like physically like looked stressed the entire movie. Oh yeah, like he. I've never seen an actor bring their anxiety past a level ten for a movie before. <laughs> like he must have been like in between takes, like when drinking water, he must have been like reaching up <laughs> the cup to his face. Yeah, so it would probably be him. Uh, also, because of Dunkachino. <laughs> He's very, he's a very diverse done, actor. He this goes man is a cinematic, like a historical element to cinema history. And you're over here like, Dunkachino. But that's how I am with certain actors, especially if they've been on 30 Rock. I always tell you, if I ever got to meet Matt Damon, I'd be like, dude, when you were on 30 Rock, fire. And I'm going <laughs> to embarrass myself and everyone in that room if I ever do that. I don't care. I don't care. But you're telling me that, like, Dunkachino wasn't impressive. Look, I mean, I'm not going to disagree and say that it was, like, a turning point in cinematic history. Obviously, it was. That's kind of non-explanatory there. But in terms of, I mean, come on. He's, he's. Oh, I, he, I, he's very diverse. The range. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. You can go from being in The Godfather to an Adam Sandler movie and breakdancing in Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. Do you like? Are you the type of person to go in like a Dunkin' Donuts line and be like, "Can I have Dunk- a Dunkachino?" Oh, I'm sorry, I mean this. Are you that type of person? No, I'll just sing it in my head. I'll be like, "Dunkachino." I could. Oh Dunk- my Dunk- god, Dunk- I can Dunk- see you literally waiting in your car, and like the ladies there just like wanting to give you your drink behind a closed window, and you're just like, "Dun dun dun." It's a catchy song, and he did a great job. I don't blame you. It was a cultural reset. Nobody talks about it. Nobody ever says anything about it. We're going to bring it back. No. (laughs) All right. Next question. I guess that's why. All right. What book would you like to see adapted on screen? Ooh, okay. I know it immediately, but only if I do it. If anyone else does it, it, I will be upset. And that is the book Disorderly by Jamie Kay. No, I'm waiting for a few years when the rights expire and I'm gonna buy it. And hopefully Jamie K doesn't listen to this, but watch out Jamie K, I'm gonna do you some justice. Where is he right now? Do you know? Where, what's he doing recently? 
We need to keep tabs on him. I know. I follow him on Instagram, but I don't know. I forgot. But that is my favorite book of all time. And every time I read it, I can envision how I would love. It's also just like the most random, bizarre stream of events, the most jaw-dropping, like how did we get from point A to point E in a blink of an eye? Now we're at point Z type of thing. Um, So that would be the one that if I got to direct and be creative control of, disorderly. In general, by anyone, not just me, um, I don't know. Cause I know it's a hard one. It's hard because also like, I don't want to say, oh yeah, I love this book. Let's bring it to at like adaptation. And then the movie sucks, you know, cause that's, that's a powerful <laughs> well, thing in Hollywood. There are some books that shouldn't be made to movies. Arguably, arguably, arguably. Yes. Oh, um, so the only one that I can think of right now is disorderly. Um, maybe. Okay. That's a good one though. If we were in the nineties, maybe I would have loved to seen the diary of Laura Palmer made it to, that would have been rough and aggressive as well, but, <laughs> but only if it was Got like original cast. On. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> only if it was original cast, you know? But, um, okay. So now for you, since you said you've done acting and you have expressed, you know, in the future, wanting to do some acting jobs and becoming an actress and everything like that. Only for so, you. Only for me. She's, she's mine. Who's ever Paramount? She's mine. <laughs> um, I wanted to know what is your favorite acting genre to do? Mm. Like, it doesn't have to be something you've done before, but something where okay. you're like, I feel like I would be good in this genre. I, I don't know what I could be good in, but I what I think the hardest to act in is a good horror movie. I think a, yep. I think horror is very, very difficult. I think being scared, and I, I think horror has a lot of emotions that go along in the genre, because mm-hmm. I think it's easy to be angry. I think it's easy to yell. Um, and not that people, you know, aren't impressive when they do that, but, you know, when you see somebody like Toni Collette in Hereditary, and oh. even <laughs> yeah. Florence Pug in, not that I like the movie, but Midsommar, it's very impressive because it's just a range of emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, movies like uh, Insidious, you know, things like that are a little different. But yeah. when it's real horror, when it's when it's stuff like that, I do think that's very impressive when people can pull that off. Gotcha. Um, I'm trying to think. So I and I was also thinking because I just made a TikTok on Get Out, like Daniel Kaluuya and Get Out. Yeah. That's another one with the just the the crying and everything mm -hmm. that so good all right your turn favorite idea you've had for a film or short film hmm but now do I want to reveal my secrets okay uh um you could be generic how about I'll say something that I know you know of and you give the audience your reaction when I tell you okay okay I think I'm going to say this one because I think it would be the funnest to make as well as I think it could be not to tootle my own horn here, but I feel like I could, you know, really make it an indie classic, you know, (laughs) that's so pompous to say, (laughs) antelope. Uh, Okay, I have to just say something about this. (laughs) 
we're really on sync because when before Stephanie told me the idea for this movie or short film or short, you know, whatever. Yeah. I was having recurring nightmares about the theme of it. Not exactly the plot, but I would have recurring nightmares of the theme of it. Tapped into So when when she told me, I was like shook to my core. I'm like, how did you know I have severe nightmares about this? It's because when you were in Florida, one night I snuck in and you you and your husband didn't recognize that I was at the (laughs) foot of the bed just yelling at you going, speak to me. And you just told me everything, you know? Told you my deep, dark your deepest I will never forget when I told you about that idea and just to kind of reveal some things without revealing everything um think uh I know what I like to compare it to think the most dangerous game meets Tusk I feel like that is the biggest like (laughs) the biggest melding I could like comparison that I could make but I will never forget when I told you you nearly had a panic attack because you were like huh what what? Like, I remember I told you and you just went, what? I'm like, it's, it's <laughs> coming I, true. It's coming true. I felt really bad, but I was really happy you liked my idea. I do like your idea, but it's <laughs> the reason I don't go to, like, compounds. Large groups of, it's the reason You've been I don't invited? go to, like, I will never go. No, but, like, okay, you know where, <laughs> I, I don't want to reveal too much, but you know when people live on big, like, like rich people live on large plot. I will never go golf. Also, I have a thing with like golf courses because it you reminds me of like you partly I don't live in go, Florida. I don't go on them. Like I don't go in the. I, I like, oh it's pretty it's pretty because it reminds me of like a, you know what I'm talking about like a field an open land. Are you talking about plantation? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't want to reveal the you. plot. I don't want to reveal the plot, but it reminds me of like this even playing ground. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So I have a thing with like golf courses now because it feels like a trap. And I, I don't <laughs> think you know, when you said compound, I'm laughing because I don't think you know on my side of the family, my family in Puerto Rico lives in the mountains and they call it the compound. <laughs> I will can't, I can't go. Send them my blessings. <laughs> oh my God. Fear. I would have never imagined. I would have well, never it, imagined. When you think about it, doesn't it make sense? Yes. When yes. When you think about it in that, when, when you write the story, we'll, we'll clarify. Do you feel that way about bunkers? Bunkers? What do you mean? Like war bunkers. Like, like underground beds? mole oh, people okay. in, in metal tins under the ground, you know? Oh, like like us? No, that's the Continental Railroad. I'm thinking um, <laughs> Cloverfield. I mean, kind of, you want to commit. It could, well, the con- is it the Continental Railroad? No, it's the other railroad. Come on. Come on, U.S. history, fifth it's grade. The under- no, it's the not. underground I railroad. It's the Continental Railroad. <laughs> Sorry. Isn't that the train? <laughs> <laughs> at least I didn't say the Silk Road or anything like that. Oh my God. Um, no, I don't. I, it's not. It's not the same thing for me because one of them has to do. I don't want to reveal your plot, but one of them has to deal more with like the chase. Okay. Okay. And the okay. other one doesn't. All right. Well, we'll stop there to re- stop revealing my secrets because I do want to make this yeah, yeah. possibly this year as a book, and then if I get some. 
if my stimmy comes in, <laughs> I can make. Did you get it for St. Patty's Day? I didn't, but I, I got to call some people. I got to call some people, but Is if I do get out? it. I think I might put it set my little my little antelope fund. <laughs> Make your your fears become even more of a reality by the end of the year. Oh God! All right, um, your so my turn. Name because I know Goodfellas is your favorite movie. Name one flaw. Name a flaw about Goodfellas. I dare you. This is blasphemy. All right. It could be ridiculous too. Like you can say like, I don't like how Ray Liotta poured the Coke in the toilet. You know, it can be uh, ridiculous like that, but be honest. Okay. All right. I will say this. In the beginning of the movie, he's supposed to be like 20 years old. Because when he meets uh, Karen, she comments, oh, a 21, 22 year old kid with all these connections. Ray Liotta is not, and she doesn't look young either, but Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci specifically do not look like young men in this movie. No, Joe These Pesci doesn't even look his own age in the movie. <laughs> These are all like middle-aged men. So they're all supposed to be super, super young until I think the end of the movie. And even then. That is a good, thank you for pointing out that flaw. That, that's, so, that's something I would have never recognized. I don't know what they could have done about that because they don't have technology. It came out in 1990. Not trying to be mean, but there was no technology to. It really ought to have the acne scars, man. He just couldn't cover them with peace and love. He couldn't no, cover but, them. But I mean, I they could have. My thing is, they could have given him a different hairstyle. Just try to signify that there was a different. Maybe age. give him a little earring, you know, <laughs> a little earring just to show. I don't know what they could have done for poor Joe Pesci because he looked he looked old too. Joe uh, Pesci has been looking the same age since ninety one, essentially. <laughs> so, but wait, how yeah. old is, is Joe Pesci supposed to be? Like thirties or forties? So okay, do you remember in the beginning of Goodfellas where um, he meets Joe Pesci's character selling cigarettes on the street? Yeah. They're supposed to be around the same age. Mm -hmm. They don't look around the same age at all. Oh, no, not at all. So, no. so the age thing in the movie, I always thought was a little confusing because you couldn't, for me, I couldn't tell what was what time it was because they look the same. The only thing they do is make uh, Ray Liotta look a little just, you know, disheveled with the drugs. They just they just put some gray eyeshadow they underneath just moved his eye. His like, there you go. <laughs> age is 20 years. And Robert De Niro is supposed to be the older one in the film. He's supposed to be older than both of them. And yes, that didn't work out great too. Because he looks older than Ray Liotta, but not Joe Pesci. Right. Hmm. So they kind of did a Twilight. You know how everyone in Twilight's like, I'm only a senior in high school, <laughs> and they look 40. <laughs> they all individually, especially the white, like pale, the pale coloring. I don't know why people are like, oh my God, pale coloring, fair skin makes you look younger. No, all you of them look found 30. Out? You know what I found out about Twilight? What? It's supposed to be about like, it's supposed to parallel Mormonism. Did you know that? I didn't know that. How? From one Stephanie to another with peace and love, she needs to <laughs> take a step back from that stand. <laughs> That's just- I didn't know that. But 
that's like apparently... when people say like Snowpiercer's Willy Wonka or whatever that <laughs> no but it's like it's not confirmed it's a confirmed thing and then apparently connected to that which I didn't know till recently either TikTok is educating me here yeah apparently 50 shades of gray was a fan fiction of twilight i had heard that before um you know for fan fiction but you know what for a fan fiction it really missed the mark it really missed the mark in terms of fan fiction you know unless she just went in and changed all the characters she probably wrote it like wait hold on isn't this woman 40 Okay, now moving on, moving on. It's a trilogy, so how, like, she, it just got too far, I feel like. Somebody green-lighted this. And, uh, like, can you imagine, like, being an executive being like, where did you, where did you get, wh- like, what was your inspiration? And you go, Twilight, a movie about teenagers. And mythical creatures. It's just a little. That leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Can <laughs> being... And I'm assuming this woman is older. If this woman is younger, I apologize. But could you imagine, like, if I was a producer and I was like, oh, this is invigorating. Where did you get this idea from? She's like, I, I write Twilight fan fiction. I feel like <laughs> someone needs to call the police and get you into a psych ward if you are in your adulthood, mid-adulthood, and you're writing fan fiction about, that should be criminal. I assume she's, because all the women at at first who were uh, reading the book were middle-aged. Like, that was the audience. It was going towards, like, you know, moms and stuff. (laughs) So I assume she has to hear on the same age. I'm just very happy growing up. I was never a Edward or, um, you know. No, I wasn't crazy. Jacob. I was never an Edward or Jacob kid, but I was a... Oh my God! What's the one from Hunger Games? I was a Peta or what's oh, the other okay. characters? I was that generation, the Hunger Games generation. Yeah, that a yeah, lot that more innocent, sense. a lot more innocent and pure. I will say that. <laughs> All right. Um, I think the last question I said was flaw about Goodfellas. So your turn. Okay. First movie you ever saw in theaters? Goodfellas to dragging both <laughs> Stephanie Meyer and the maker of <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. All right, you you go. Uh, first movie you saw in theaters? Ooh, um, I think it was Harry Potter, the second one. Okay. Was the first one I saw in theaters. Maybe the first one, but for some reason, I can imagine. And also, no one talks about the second Harry Potter movie. I've never seen Chamber Harry of Secrets? Never seen it. You, you, that, we, you better watch by the end of the year. I Look, and I'm not I like do. a Potterhead, but it is good. You it's know? just, it, it's 10 movies, and I don't know if I want to commit myself. Is it? Oh, it's dang. a lot of, apparently, someone told me it was like, maybe it's not 10, but it's definitely more than five. It's long. I mean, it's long. Look, if you're going to watch any Goblet of Fire with Robert Pattinson before Twilight, which, the you know, this fun fact, he was the one who crashed the, the premiere. I saw. For Goblet of Fire drunk. Yeah, but his he was good in that. He was good. He was already a promising actor then, as Cedric Diggory. <laughs> I literally just said, I'm not a Potter fan. <laughs> you have a jacket, don't you? You have a jacket. Harry Potter. Um, 
before you go on with this slander, it's not a jacket. <laughs> it's my baby blanket. I have a baby blanket, blanket of Harry Potter. Yeah, it's like a full, like, cross, like, crocheted blanket. It's beautiful looking. Where'd you I, get it? Was it given to you? My mom got it for me as a child because she loved reading Harry Potter. And she was like, here's my, my obsessions go to you now. And she got me a little ch- ch- children's blanket. It looks fantastic. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a great, great blanket. You know, I remember seeing something Harry Potter. Something Probably that because I, I was using it at some point in my adulthood because I <laughs> needed a, a small blanket to cover because my my regular blanket was too short. <laughs> this is getting uncomfortable. Let's move on <laughs> from my Harry Potter blanket. Um, okay, so your dream acting role. It can be a movie that's already been made or it can be something that hasn't been made yet. Okay, all right. Ooh, instantly. I don't know if this could be into, uh, made into a movie because it's a long book, but I, I would hope to see it as a show one day or like a, a limited series. Mm-hmm. Have you, Okay, so the poison, it's called the Poisonwood Bible. And it's about a family that moves to the Congo as missionaries. But it talks about the dark side of um, like colonialism in Africa. And it just has all these really good themes. And the best thing about this book is it's character based. So you oh, are okay. reading this novel and finding out like about each character and each character deals with something different. The daughter's really selfish. One of the other kids is adapting. Um, I actually like the role of the mom because the mom is in this really complicated position where um, her husband's like a crazy preacher. Like he's crazy off the rails. Oh, like, are we talking like um, the one dude who made everyone drink the Kool-Aid type of crazy? Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of book. So um, that sounds good. He's he's a crazy preacher, um, but you know she's kind of in this like, do I leave my husband? So it's just really interesting book. It has a lot of themes, and I would like to see that one eventually. And and I think it'd be a good acting role. Yeah, that would be a part you would want to play. The mom. Yeah, I think she's very complex. I thought you would have, well, I could have seen you picked like maybe like if they did like a, a remake of, I think it's Three Women, that one movie you really, really love. I would have thought you would have picked that. Three Women? So that weird movie. movie. No, I thought you were talking about that weird movie we saw with uh, Sissy Spacek. Is that three? There's yeah. only two on the cover. No, but then there's that weird gypsy woman that shows up like midway. Don't remind me of that movie, please don't. What's the movie that you like with Sophia Loren? Two women. That's a good movie. <laughs> I, I was one woman off. I was one woman off. <laughs> Two women. Yeah, she. That's also a really good film. I uh, would not want to be in her shadow. Ah, uh, okay. I don't want to go up against my favorite actress. No. Gotcha. Okay, I I could see that. I think for me. Um, I think I would really want to be Neely O'Hara if there was to oh, be that's a, a, that's a fun one. Valley of the Dolls type of thing. I feel like I could do really well. Uh, and I also, that's my element, you know? Pills, because I'm in pharmacy school, fur coats. Oh my god! Because I like fur coats, faux fur coats, of course. And I just like pink. I mean, look at my surrounding right this now. This is like made for you then. I think so. Paramount. Okay, moving on. <laughs> just in case if they're listening, just little reminders, you know? All right. All right, best, your turn. Going with the movie theater theme. Best and if there was a worst experience you ever had in a movie theater. 
oh my god immediately worst one i think it was like one of those stupid children book adaptations that uh, my neighbor wanted to see with me. And I told her that at, I think I told her at 14, you do realize you took three hours of my life. Like I what was, was so movie? upset. I think it was like Ramona Beezus or some crap like that. <laughs> no, it was something. Uh, I think it was a uh, Judy Bloom in the not so bummer summer. It was that monstrosity of a movie. <laughs> oh, so dumb. I think it literally has a two-star rating on IMDb. It was by far because there was nothing good. Like not one thing good I could say about it. The acting was awful and it did its best to be awful at every second of the way. Like this was something where I'm like, yeah, if my kid is like, can I watch this movie? I'm gonna be like, no, it's satanic. <laughs> like you can't, it's evil, it's vile. You can't do that. It's not allowed in this household. Um, so that was the worst. Cause I, I, and my mom was like, don't look at your phone. And I was like, because having my mouth gaped open and staring at the ceiling was a better experience than watching that movie. <laughs> now, for best movie experience, that has to be Interstellar. So Interstellar, I had just finished watching, like, and, and Interstellar, you know it's good because I barely had enough energy to see movie. I had just finished watching Big Hero 6, and it was the first time me and my friend Alyssa were like, let's see two movies today. And so I already <laughs> saw that movie. That's like a two and a half hour movie. And then here comes Interstellar, three hours long. I'm just sitting there for like five hours, you know. But I've never cried that oh, long gosh. in the theater. Oh like gosh. genuinely Alyssa thought that there was something wrong she was like is there something going on I'm like this movie is so beautiful and I'm she, was she sobbing. not watching the movie dude I understand I, I I'm just someone where I really really like I fell in love with that movie like with the space and everything and then I'm getting visions of me as a childhood going mom space camp's not far away <laughs> and I'm just like like just crying so but it was a good cry it was crying because it was so beautiful and then me just like I don't think I've ever sobbed that hard like to especially like <laughs> you know when you do the sob where you're just like repeating movie lines and you're just trying to process <laughs> and you're like Murph is in the walls like you're just like that that's how I was during that movie that was a that was an experience and a spiritual journey all at once what about for you? I don't blame you. Uh, the worst experience I had was, uh, what was I watching? It wasn't a kid's movie, but it was, uh, I don't think it was, what, was it with you? I don't think we've ever seen a bad movie together. Oh, I mean, okay. I know. <laughs> I know one because it, the movie also had technical issues. Oh, well, yeah. That, that was really uncomfortable. Yeah. My first date was in a movie was it was actually the hunger games oh okay. it was the worst experience i ever had because it of was, the movie or because of the date it was because it, so in i was what 15 i was i was 15 on my first date and the whole theater was just 16 year olds so it wasn't a very nice experience because every time something would happen we would be like ah like just the most vocal theater and it was just very awkward because I was just sitting there like 15 year old be like okay and then I don't remember I remember we were on a double date and the person my friend was dating was really into it 
So you can just imagine the guy screaming next to me like, nah, duh. Like it was just a very vocal theater. And I, oh, I remember no. just being very uncomfortable. Um, My second worst one was the Meg because people were hollering during the Meg. <laughs> and it was oh a packed theater. Do you know what the other worst movie, the other worst experience I had was watching Superman versus Batman, a three hour movie. And it was God awful. You'd I'd rather never be watching to... Guardians of the, the Owls Bahool. of Bahool. <laughs> We're burying that movie. Oh, man. And people are, like, talking about, like, wow, Zack Snyder's cut of this movie, the new Justice League is glorious four hours. And I'm like, dude. Did you see HBO's trailer for Justice League? I saw the the blasphemous Jared Leto as Jesus Christ and thought, Cool. Did you see that image of no of the Joker literally wearing the crown of thorns? Oh well, and just being I didn't like, see that. Listen here, what I is this? I, I I don't know, but it's definitely not Hosanna in the highest at any <laughs> I don't oh, understand man. this worship of this director. I really don't. It's not one good movie, and we're all freaking out over this, this Snyder cut, like it's the Godfather. Uh, Justice League, you know. guys. Uh, it's just and look I could see you like some people are like oh my god like it's a good entertainment yeah like I've enjoyed like Avengers movies and things like that in the theater I sobbed during Endgame a lot like I could admit that but But it's fun we don't need a director's cut do I want Zack Snyder to be in the criterion and be like you know what sucker punch no thank you (laughs) oh man okay um I would rather I would rather see like the Ben Affleck photos, the off guard photos of Ben Affleck. Now that's entertainment. The, the one where Dunkin he's like Dunkin' Donuts back to Dunkin'. You got a thing for Dunkin', huh? I have a thing for men in Dunkin'. Just like I have an affinity for men who have an affinity for Native Americans. You need to explain that to people. <laughs> I like Brando. Oh yeah, and Everybody Jimmy Morrison. I like Jim Morrison. Both two people who've had strong affinities for Native American culture. My boyfriend, Boy Scout. Explain <laughs> that. <laughs> oh God. <sighs> okay, um, your turn. All right, your favorite on-screen duo. Besides us, of course. That's, yeah, we mm-hmm. can't do that. That's hard. Let me think because. You want me to lift some. Because li- 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 a few are coming to mind, but I, I feel like I'm missing people. Uh, You can do. Oh, I know your obvious, obvious answer. Oh, I remember. Ah! Um, Sophia Loren and Marcello. Mastro Yanni. Thanks. I have a thing with <laughs> not pronouncing things correctly. So steps in. Uh, yes, them. They've been in great films. Uh, yesterday, today, tomorrow. Uh, marriage Italian style. Very. They've good done movies. a lot. They've yeah. done a lot. They did also. Um, uh, I think it what uh, an, a separation. No, not a separation. Something day. Yes. Uh, so they did sunflower too. That I think that's what you're talking about with their divorce and stuff. Or like yep. they got. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good. All right. Um, Quality. 
your uh, turn now. Favorite soundtrack from a film? Because I know you collect vinyls. So what's your favorite soundtrack to listen to? Honestly, of all time, what I think is the best of the best of the best is Last Tango in Paris. And I say that because, you know, you have people like Hans Zimmer and they're great. Like Hans Zimmer is amazing, but it's always like, you always kind of expect the same soundtrack for movies where it's going to be very orchestral, very, you know, symphonic, you know, violins. Yeah, you yeah, know? the template. You know, and like things that like, I, I feel like even if you compare like something like the Avengers soundtrack to um, even something like Schindler's List, you know, Schindler's List is a little bit more powerful, but you're using the same instruments. It's kind of like the same feel, just on opposite ends of the spectrum. Last Tango in Paris is one of the only jazz soundtracks that I know that really works with the movie. I feel like it stands out. And I love Last Tango in Paris, controversially, I love it. But I feel like it really, it works with the movie. It gives the element, but it's definitely the most diverse soundtrack I've ever heard. Like, I don't know much, unless you're talking about all that jazz in Chicago, I don't know any jazz-based soundtracks. Sure. Okay. So that's how I feel. Ooh. Favorite Lars von Trier film. Oh my God. You did that on purpose. Yeah. And there's two more hard questions in here. You guys know I'm not a fan. No, I'm not a fan. You have to narrow it down to one. You have to narrow it down to one. Your favorite. Europa. Oh, God. I thought you were going to say that or Melancholia. No, it'd be Europa. Europa, I think, is a better story. It's It's also not as, it's very good, but it's also not as, you know, slice you from the hooch to the cooch in terms of (laughs) painful to watch, you know? Yeah, I I haven't watched, I mean, you could say better. Because I, I think I've only watched three of his movies. Maybe sure. three too many, but... Also, just random little fun fact. When I was explaining how... Um, <laughs> how uh, in class... How, when I was explaining how a certain, like, STD can be go, go from, like, mother <laughs> to child, I went from hooch to scooch, <laughs> is what I used to explain vertical transmission so fun fact about me and where my mental state is at any given moment what is Lars doing right now he's hanging out I'm gonna be real with you I don't know and also I got scared shitless the other day because what did I get I got a notification on TikTok that says Lars likes your your video he's like who is this he's gonna find us eventually and I'm really scared for the day he's gonna come across us and you will deal with them because I am too afraid. I, I will, I will, I will manage that. I will manage. Uh, but please do not judge me if I might become friends with the dude. You know? Dude, okay, but like you need to be careful. <laughs> I need you to stay like at least twenty feet away all time. I got, yes, I got. It. I won't go into his studio. I kind of want to go because it's kind of, but. That's neither here nor there. So your question now. Wait, no, is it my turn now? No, it's your turn now. It's it, Yeah, because you, you threw Lars at me. Yep. A, a movie that should have never been made into a film. <laughs> I mean, Judy Bloom in the Not-So-Bummer Summer is really <laughs> out there for me. Um, but in terms of like a mainstream movie, Suicide Squad. I feel like it would have just saved us a lot of trouble. <laughs> That's Zack a really Snyder. Good, 
That's a dude, that man, I want to know how he got this job. What was his, what, did he go to a film school? Do you know? Because everything just, he made, A producer just be like, yeah, let's get him signed on for, you know, five new movies. I'm a huge fan of Sucker Punch <laughs> and Legends of the Guardians, Owls of Cahool. I really don't get it. But I mean, I do feel like people would say the same thing about like, well, I can't say people would say the same thing about Kevin Smith because no one's giving superhero movies for Kevin Smith to direct, you know? So, yeah, but yeah, I just not a fan, but name a movie that you would only watch if someone paid you and what amount of money would it have to be? Like, what's a movie that you're like, no, I would give if I got this X amount. There's a few. Oof, okay. And some of them include our boy Lars. <sighs> Antichrist. Out of all his films? What do you mean? Antichrist? I don't want to watch that. But I'm sure you don't want to watch other films of him, but you're going with it. Okay, what's your price on Antichrist? $200,000. Oh my God. I need a house out of it. I need something out of it. Wow. I need to donate some of that money. Um, I I also would not, I, I don't want to watch, uh, again, I don't know his whole film history, but Nymphomaniac is not a go for me. I'm surprised you um, haven't mentioned Solo. Yeah, that's number one. I, I don't know why everyone goes crazy over this movie in our Criterion group. And I think that alone is nerve wracking because I'm like, what is it about this movie that everybody wants to, to buy, sold out, watch in their backyards? It's a little scary for me. So how much money would you have to be paid in order to watch Solo? Uh, uh, It'd have to be, you know, it'd have to be for charity. It'd have to be like, yeah. Those movies, would you watch them if you, knowing that I could do like a little men in black thing and be like, all right, you're going to forget. And then you forgot it. Would you still okay, watch yeah. it? Yeah. If I could forget <laughs> what I watched, but I, I know I, I have to live with it. I have to live with it. Like I have to live with the house that Jack built. And I know that that was not good for my soul. <laughs> so I... Yeah. You gotta watch that like over like two days or something, right? Yeah, I paused it like every other scene. I feel like I was just like, ah, that's that's enough for today. So I am very careful now of you know. So and a lot of money, a lot of money. Honestly, you know, if you gave me Solo the DVD, I'd watch it. That's all it took—a free DVD. They're 40 bucks, dude. Okay. Cheap. I, I know I don't want to watch it because I've seen, you ever see, you ever watch Spooky Rice on YouTube? No. He is a YouTuber that watches these disturbing movies and takes you through the movie without you having to watch the graphic stuff or just playing little clips here and there. Okay. I watched that video. So I know what Solo is about. I know what happens I, I forgot because it was been a year, so I forgot little details, but I know a roundabout idea of what happens in Solo. I don't want to mm-hmm. see it. 
But what if knowing that everyone had a really good time on the set of Solo, you know? Everyone was just cooking frangs and, you know, I mean, just having a good jolly old Like in time. between takes? Yeah, apparently everyone had a great time on the set of Solo, according to like IMDb trivia. And then when they were watching the movie, they were like, that's what we made? <laughs> that's on IMDb trivia. It says Did you imagine? It's a jolly good time making that movie. I mean, that makes me feel better that everybody was yeah. happy, but. At what cost? At I what mean... cost? All right, I think it is your turn now. A director that everyone loves, but you don't think is that good. Zack Snyder. Six, but, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, Can't be our scapegoat. A lot of the, I got a long list, but I'll just name off a few. And that's because I'm kind of an ass and I'm like, anyone with energy and thoughts like me are superior. But that's just because I have a complex. Um, Marvel directors and so, except for James Gunn. I like James Gunn and the the Guardians of the Galaxy series. Those are well directed. Mm -hmm. Um, Marvel was uh, Josh, 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 I forgot his name. Josh, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. He's got sexual allegations too. I don't care. At least I think so. Um, One of them one of them boys do is it james gunn nearer oh there not near that that's irregardless um directors that i think are overhyped yeah you could say overhyped they could be you know, overhyped. yeah i would more list them as a writer aaron sorkin there's just something about the guy i don't like <laughs> you know <laughs> there's just something about him i'm He's like very random you know, like, it's just the, the energy, like, he's just, like, I don't know, I just, like, when I see him in, in, like, award shows, I kind of, like, boo for him, but not because he's bad, but just because, oh, okay. also, I used to have a thing, okay, okay, overhyped, saying it here, I'm saying it now, Spielberg, no, all right, wait a minute. Photograph the horse nicely. Congratulations. Wait a minute. I think you just say that because this guy like threw out bangers after banger. But I know you have an issue to where like you feel like it's the same banger. Yep. Yep. Like 80 Spielberg, great Schindler's list, great after that. I gotta see the same Bridge of Spies BS four times over. <laughs> <laughs> and bridge of spies featuring a horse you know 80s is a good point because he went from like poltergeist to like the color purple so he was really yeah like he was really and then to jaws and then to you know some like, et you know he he really diversified there but then it just kind of felt like oh and also james cameron james cameron boy boy i know you on. hate him i know come i know on. you don't like him douchey builds off of other people's creation he's like oh my god i did avatar congratulations you studied native american <laughs> and indigenous cultures for years and just added the color blue like you know like just things like that you know i really think are i mean he's making like five more too did you hear i know like could you imagine being like i'm gonna make these five i'm gonna make five <laughs> more of these and 10 years later not produce a single sequel I'm not going to be 80 and watching that. I'm not going to be 80 and watching, you know, Avatar 4. How would they do that? Because most of the people in that movie are middle-aged. So like, unless this dude is recording everyone now, 
I then it's just like I'm gonna wait for the wow effect. And yeah, one lady is like almost seventy. That Sigourney Weaver has a name, and she's a treasure. Her name is Sigourney I, Weaver. Sigourney. I said I, I didn't want to butcher her name. Sigourney. <laughs> she's a very old tune. But like, my thing is, is is he gonna do the wow factor where he's gonna wait till someone like, and then be like, here's the movie. That's disrespectful. Also, George Lucas. Sorry. <gasps> Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, I know like, you write with him. I, I, dude, you watched, you read Dune and you thought you had something. You read <laughs> the book Dune and you were like, <laughs> dude, the whole, every, the, all the Star Wars fans are going to come after you. I know. And you know what? It's fine. I'm not saying they're bad movies. I'm just saying he's overrated and that's overrated. Speaking of fans, you know who fans I don't like? Star Wars people. Christopher Nolan people. And I like Christopher Nolan, I but I'm going to say Christopher why. That, oh, oh, did you get that one thing? Did you get that first scene? Did you, did you understand that? You don't understand Chris Nolan's mind. It's like, bro, watch same the movie. Who bro, are watch like, the movie. They're, they're the same people that are like, but did you really understand Mulholland Drive? David Lynch? It's like, bro, David Lynch didn't even understand Mulholland Drive. What are you talking about? It's just, they have a superior, pretty complicated because oh I like I like Christopher Nolan films but won't sit through a movie that's older than like the 80s of course it, it's just and, there's, like, guys, and there's people like that who also do the same thing with Tarantino and they're like oh, oh. fiction <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> it's good but come on it's, it's been like 30 years now you know let's either focus on his newer movies I think he can be a little bit overrated but I still am a fan of his style and his work and stuff. But I, I do think feel it's just, like, yeah, the games of like history, everyone's just like, and he's good at like, what yeah, he does. He's, and majority he's of the directors I mentioned are good at what they do, but they kind of produce the same. They know what they're good at, but they don't, they don't take risk. You know, the last time Tarantino took a risk was what? Death Proof? That's the car, true. the Kurt Russell in the car movie. I, that was, <laughs> that was a risk. That was uh, an insatiable <laughs> risk, but that's just me being utterly picky. I do. No, I, I, I do think being in the movie community, we meet a lot of people and we figure out who are like the weird, like the weird fans, the gatekeeping fans. Yep. And these are them. Yeah. It's just, you know, and like, there's other obviously directors who I think are better than the other, but if someone yeah. was like, if someone thinks like, oh, Avengers is the pinnacle of cinema. I'm gonna be like, I disagree heavily, but <laughs> you do you. You enjoy, but they're enjoyable movies, you know. Yeah, it's it's. I think it, there's a balance between like, okay, it's fun, and like, is this the best movie ever made? Yeah, did this movie deserve to make one billion? Not too sure here or there. All right, um, you ask me. Now I ask you. The most fashionable movie or TV show character? Emile. Really? Love her. Okay, okay. I think for me, it's super Valley cute. Of the dolls. Valley of the Dolls. Oh, yeah, no, that's a look. Or um, I do like Mad Men. I do really like the this Mad Men, the design, the look of everything about that show. Breakfast at Tiffany's is always a look. Less, I remember watching Breakfast at Tiffany's once and then trying to fit my I have thin wrists with thicker ankles trying to put a little watch on my ankle because I saw it for one second in the movie I was like that's a look did it work (laughs) work?" and obviously I couldn't tell time you know 
<laughs> and it was the dumbest thing going you have the time you're just looking you know, at your ankle you know just kicking out my ankle and trying to figure out what time it is is kind of weird but it was a look it was a look in the movie i will say that she pulled it off all right uh, your turn. comfort movie Ooh, um I'm trying to think of one that i could oh simpsons movie Oh yeah. Easily. Simpsons movie. It's one of those things where once again, kind of is and is not the pinnacle of cinema at the same time, but it's just one of those movies where if it's on, I'm going to watch it. It's an know? American like classic. It's great. It's pretty great. And that's someone I've, I'm not even like a fan of the show. Like I've never like religiously like watched. You the don't show. like the show. I mean, the, show, like the good, show, but I never got, I mean, where, where am I going to jump into? You know, am I going to watch every 2000 episodes of it now? <laughs> You know, so I think um, I really like the movie and I really wish they would make another one because I think that was a way for me to appreciate the TV show, bits of the TV show that I have seen, as well as, you know, going to Universal and going to the Little Simpsons. Yeah. And everything, you know. All right. Um, for you. Worst Scorsese movie of all time. Oh, in your opinion. Easy. Can I guess? Easy. Yes. Age of Innocence. Yes. <laughs> that movie was bad. And people are like, hey, oh, I love Age of Innocence. Yeah, they had good costumes, but I, no. Yeah, I think. Uh, took a risk. It was okay. Took a risk. risk fine. But I don't like it. I think overall, even if it wasn't Scorsese, it misses the mark. It exactly. It misses the mark at the end of the day um your turn now uh your favorite fictional character so like for example it could be like a baby yoda something like that sorry i gotta cover my facial expressions i don't understand the hype around baby for an example for for an example i didn't mean to actually like all right um no you're good you're good um because that's what people are into nowadays. So favorite fictional, like, do, are you like animation or can it be like any fictional character? No, I just meant like it's, it's, it has to be cute. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, like what you think is the cutest, uh, tie between Gizmo the gremlin. <laughs> I love Gizmo. Why? I love that. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, and I would also have to say, Oh, I literally just got a stuffed animal from it. Um, Invader Zim. Girl. Cute. The little robot in the dog costume. Cute. Yep. So I would have to say that one. That would be like my top two, like cutesy looking. Yeah. Ones. All right. Um, Kill Bill versus Pulp Fiction. Gun to your head. Who are you picking? Kill Bill. That's what, that's what I thought. That's a better movie. All right. Your turn now. A movie that traumatized you. <laughs> the memory just flooded. <laughs> Artificial intelligence. Oh my God. I can't, I can't, I can't. I literally had a mental breakdown watching that movie. And I'll explain why when we talk about it one day. It's on our list. But essentially, um, well, I guess I could tell it real quick. I get called robot in my family. So during the scene where like Haley Joel Osment's going... 
I'm David. I'm David. I was just sobbing. I'm like, I'm not a robot. At like <laughs> seven years old, I'm watching this movie sobbing and having an existential crisis because my mom and dad's nickname for me was robot because they were this, they're the type where I'm someone where it's like, you have to say sorry and then make amends, <laughs> but they would just be like, hug. We're good. Hug. We're good. After yelling at me and I'm like, no. And they're like, robot. No emotion, no feelings. <laughs> they still call me robot. Not like every day. Like it's not like a tantalizing thing. But when I like make fun of them, they're like, oh, there goes robot. She got a new reboot, you know? Just scratches your heart. You know, just some tiny sliver of <laughs> But that's really one. And I remember one time explaining that to someone and me just going, I like full out crying, <laughs> just trying to explain that to someone, the scene, not my, my trauma, <laughs> the scene to someone. Ooh, I'm very curious about this question that I'm going to ask you right now. A movie you do not understand why I like. Like a movie where you're like, oh, what is 70 on to make her like this? Tough shiz. We haven't disagreed a lot. I feel like we have similar taste. Um, or it could be something that, because we do have very similar in terms of like our favorites or at least genres and things that we like. How about a movie you were surprised at the score I gave it within the previous podcast? Okay. okay. I have a, I think I have an answer. Which one? And again, it's the house that Jack built. Because I understood like the value in it, but I, I know you watched it at least twice. Yeah. I don't understand. I think it's something movie. where it's one of those movies where like I told you before in the past, like my uh, a movie to me is like good, even if it's a bad or good movie with when it has that like wow factor. And that movie in the worst way has that, you know, wow factor, that wow factor of it being like, this is ridiculous. I can't believe someone made this movie, you know? And so it it makes me want to keep watching it. I I think it's the same thing with Last Tango in Paris because Mm -hmm. I think it's a good movie, but I don't understand why you would watch that more than once or twice because it's very graphic and the material is a lot. I think also, yeah. And I think for me, for that one is not only because of the same nature where it's like, wow, that's shocking. I want to understand it more. So I watch it more and more often. But for me, those are the type of movies where I learn the most from in terms of directing. So because with movies like those, the the actors and directors, you know, everything like that, there's a lot more pressure. There's a lot more, especially with Last Tango in Paris. So for a movie like that, like Last Tango, that taught me, yeah. exactly like the type of director I should never be yeah. and the cost of that you know and showing like and I think like same way with in terms of the house that Jack built more not necessarily how he treated his actors in that movie because I haven't heard anything bad from that but more so like the social backlash he got from making that movie and kind of like learning like this is what happens when you go this far as someone who's a little bit more mainstream. Cause you know, like when you're, in, uh, nobody knows about you when you're like making things like terror, like, you know, terrifier and things like that. Like no one's going to 
criticize you. Like that's what you kind of start out in the game with. But for someone like Lars, who just seemingly goes from, you know, Europa, which is pretty tame, to then starts going to Nymphomaniac, House That Jack Bill, and starts this insanity yeah. dissension, is kind of like, oh, I'm really curious. I want to learn more about this and understand why. Do you remember the, the score? Do you remember uh, on your birthday episode where it was our first... It was our first on-air argument. I gave the thing like a nine and it was maybe a 20 minute thing back and forth. Yep. Yeah. And I think for me, the reason why the thing is 10 out of 10 is one, because of its significance to me, but also the fact that that is once again, a little bit of a pompous remark, a movie that is so close to the way that I would have done it. So therefore it's a perfect movie, you know? I mean, like, you defended it with your life, so. I really did. I really did. I think, because I think at first you wanted to give it like an 8.5 and I was like, mm. like, no. Like I remember trying to push you towards. A I gave it a nine. Life. I gave it a nine and you were like, that's not good enough. You yeah. Can't. That was funny. I was that in was it for blood enough. that night. I was in it for blood that night. Okay, now your turn. A serious question. The debate about separating the art from the artist, how do we feel? Circumstances depend. And I say that because for example, and this is literally a question that I have for you too, similar. Um, I'll give you an example. Things like Polanski, like Chinatown. I feel like that's a movie you can look at and appreciate because there is a the director's creativity, but there's not a lot in terms of from at least I know it's history and it's it's just kind of like a Polanski's vileness. It doesn't seem to have tainted a movie like that. But if you think of the movie Manhattan directed by Woody Allen, where you kind of see this dark element of his own persona really trying to shine through and trying to justify himself that's where I think like I don't think the movie Manhattan should be with what we know should not be praised at any regards because that is a sick man defending his sick actions you know uh but a movie like Chinatown I feel like it could be more excused and everything and it sucks too because having worked on a set before I think also like a movie like Chinatown like I would have loved to be a part of it and to feel like if even if like 30 years later, I'm older and it would be canceled. I would be really upset. But even if there was nothing going on, like I thought it was a great time on set. It wasn't tough or anything like that. Like, I think that's okay. Um, but, and, and, but also in that same tone and regard, I should kind of be holding Last Tango in Paris the same way because Last Tango in Paris was where I do think there are some misconceptions. I think mm. also still, I'm going to say Last Tango, I don't feel much guilt because I know I like Last Tango because it teaches me what not to do. Rather, I'm not celebrating its, I'm not celebrating its flaws and I'm not celebrating its dark history. I'm yeah. actually more so learning from it and praising elements of the film that don't have to correlate with um, Bertolucci's mistakes on that film, very bad mistakes on that film. So I think that's where if at the end of the day, if the director's own sick inhibitions are shining through a movie and he's trying to be defensive over it, I think that's messed up. You know, like if um, who did uh, did 
Polanski do Lolita? No. Okay. But if Polanski did Lolita, a movie yeah. like that, that would be something where it's like, nope, because this was made for a sick man to defend his sick actions. You know, that's, actually, that's kind it of It was actually uh, Stanley Kubrick, the original. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Forgot <laughs> about that. But I, I think that's where I stand. What What's your stance on it? I think I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's very hard because um, with Polanski, I agree. I, I think he, he had issues and he did some bad things, but it, it wasn't the art. And I also don't think he, he used film to make himself a hero or to make himself kind of diverge from his mistakes. I think he made film because he wanted to make film where someone like Woody Allen, who put himself front and center, created a persona so everyone could like. Exactly. The one thing I'm going to say, though, is after we find out these bad people do these bad things, it is our job to not give them more opportunities. For example, I know um, Polanski did win an award recently. Yeah, he, well, after like, I think it was like 10 years of exile from the U.S., he came back and he won for The Pianist. Here's the thing. At what point do we hold these people accountable? Yeah, I, I think it's okay I to think... look at past work, but to keep allowing them to make new work and to profit off of it and to kind of like be like, hey, like, yeah, you, you did a bad thing, but you can make big bucks again in two years if you just lie low. I think that's just not okay, you know? Exactly. That would be like, like how Woody Allen, even with all his allegations and a lot of skepticism, at the end of the day, this man went to court for falling in love with his like one of like a child he helped raise as well as sexual allegations against his own adopted daughter like this man shouldn't have been able to make as as good as movies as they are he shouldn't have been able to make blue jasmine he shouldn't haven't been able to make any of the movies within the past few years and it sucks because they are great movies but you can't no yeah. there because that just promotes that person's ego and allows them to be like, oh, what I can do is excusable if I just lay low, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I do think it's a complicated issue. Uh, with passports, just to be completely honest, I don't know if that's really hurting anybody anymore. Like if, if I go and rent Rosemary's Baby, if I own Rosemary's Baby, that, yeah. it is what it is at that point. But I think it's our job not to support the new things. I think it's our job to make sure like, hey, you crossed the line here and we're not going to support yeah. your like, actions. If Last Tango in Paris came out within the past 10 years, I would not be a fan of it and I would not watch it or anything. But because all three parties have passed and I didn't get to see that time. Yeah. And and it, it, it's just a little bit different. It's not necessarily excused, but it's a little bit of a different scenario. Kind of like when you watch like a Charlie Chaplin film and know that not a single woman was able to work on it aside from some actresses and things like that. You it's know, like, like, you know, you just, or, you know, Breakfast at Tiffany's with Mickey Rooney's. Yeah, big yeah. Yikes, you know, of... it, obviously it was condemned and a lot of different cuts of the movie actually remove his character yeah, essentially yes. but it's still something that I don't think all the hard work that everyone else did in the movie should go to waste you know yeah um another thing I was gonna say is uh I forgot never mind <laughs> <laughs> you're good if it comes up again just blurt it out yeah so let's see so movie the most oh okay I remember I'm sorry what is it no you're good I think you have a good point with 
I think we should look at movies, for example, like Manhattan now. Mm -hmm. We need to now look at this as education because I think forgetting things, I think blacking things out, that's how these things happen again. So I think Manhattan should be looked at like, hey, this is a red flag, everybody. Like this guy clearly was kind of showing off that he was into some bad things. So I think as long as we're like, showing this art you can make it into a substantial history lesson about it kind of like with what i told you with birth of a nation how i was really upset when it wasn't taught to me as a movie that was disgraceful and something that you should never consider to make and you know things like that it was you know presented to me as look at this movie he was the first guy to do this and this but like with no connotation on any of the bad crap that he did in the movie it was it's an awful disgusting movie um so i think like if someone want to be like hey here's scenes from this look at how the director did this do not have this type of relationship with your actors first of all don't be a 43 year old man and employ a 17 year old actress to play your 17 year old girlfriend gross and also you got issues get out of the industry you know you got pedophilia or whatever like sexually deviant issues or anything go 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 to therapy first yes get some help you know yeah okay that was all i wanted to say okay so with that being said what is the movie you hate the most like the most vile repulsive movie that you think is just wrong it could be something Mm. just really grotesque it could be something that you think is unethical and it couldn't, it, it could, we can word it to strongly dislike if hate is just a little too, too rough. Hmm. Okay. Anything I've personally seen? Cause that would be hard. I don't, but, mm-hmm. or anything I'm like, I know of. Gotcha. I think easily birth of a nation could easily fit right in there, you know, or maybe even more newer, a movie like Sia, uh, <laughs> like Sia, <laughs> like music by Sia. Because I think there's different kinds of bad. Because I think there's, like, just evil films and, like, films that, like, people have serious issues. And then I feel like there are films where it's just, like, see, where it's just, like, that's really bad taste. And yeah, maybe you shouldn't have made that. Okay. It's Uh, definitely a hard one to pinpoint unless you have, like, really strong feelings for a specific movie, you know? Yeah, because I haven't seen anything too... I'm a little bit more tame by nature. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably be, like, Birth of a Nation, anything that, you know... Something that really doesn't contribute anymore, you know? Propaganda film, something, stuff like that, so... Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I don't really... No. Gotcha. Oh, I do know! Okay. Ah! Okay. It's not the worst thing ever. Like, obviously, like, there, there's bad things. Uh, the newer version of Lolita should have never been made. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want to tell you, there's a difference between the older and the newer. The newer paints this picture and kind of treats the child like the child. And it's about pedophilia. Yeah. But it kind of treats the child like the child wanted certain things. It romanticizes the situation. And they don't want to move it, like, with, with topics like that, I... And the book is very different. The book tells you off the bat that this character is disgusting, evil, and we're just taking a ride, and we're just looking at all these bad things. 
but the movie romanticizes this person to where somebody very young could look and be like, oh, well, he really loved her. Like, mm. uh, yeah. The actress was also a teenager, I think. I believe she was 16, oh. which to me, even though she was playing a 12-year-old. And is that the, that's not the Kubrick one. The Kubrick one is the original, right? The Kubrick one is the original, but it doesn't take things. And again, I, I don't know about, it's not great, but it doesn't take things as far as this one did. It yeah. had all these pretty outfits and it was a very, very pretty movie for something so, um, and they Idiot. go on road trips and the, she has all these outfits and the movie was more about this guy than it was about the issue that this, it should have been more about how bad of a person this guy was instead of romanticizing him. So everybody also the reason i i don't like this movie is because it got a lot of attention on tumblr back in the day mm. um like when we were teenagers i feel like it was pop like when maybe lana del rey started becoming popular this movie started to oh because she she actually kind of adopted some of the fashion like the heart glasses and things like that from the yeah. original and the remake that makes a lot of sense yeah so specifically with the remake i feel like they did not make this movie as bleak and they had an underage girl in the movie doing and again she was protected I'm not saying that like there was any misconduct on set but she was in some pretty graphic scenes in my opinion so it it the movie's a little bit exploitive to yeah it, it just doesn't handle the situation with care as the book did you know it, it's and I think it's okay to show those rough you know, relationships and scenarios and things like that. But you have to do it with making sure that exactly. there is common sense involved in this movie and that the common sense would be that this character, like the, the male character is evil in this case. Exactly. I, I think it was just a little too uh, fairy tale-ish. And the book, in the yeah. not the book, the movie takes place in the 1940s and it's very, oh, like music and fashion. And it really shouldn't have... So Lolita, now are distracted. so Lolita but Greece like essentially Lolita, yeah and it, it had this like rosy tint most of the movie it, it, it was very distracting to what was going on and it it fitted more towards a romance film when it's not this is should be like a thriller horror this should be in that gotcha. category so with that I I feel like it's not the worst movie ever made obviously there are movies that are disgusting and exploitive but this was not a good idea. Yeah, no, they definitely didn't even learn from the first time around, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, your turn. Uh, what is your favorite criterion you own? Purple Noon seems obvious. Um, ooh, favorite criterion that I own. I'm going to think more about... A movie like, that uh, like box set, art, whatever, everything, all the bells and whistles. Like, what's your favorite? It doesn't have to be movie. Ooh, um... That. I'm trying to think of one that I really like. I think I do like the Jackie Chan mm. box set. I do like the the police story um, set. I like the imagery on that one and the art on that one. Crash, crashes. I you know want to put it in my bathroom. You know, it looks so good. <laughs> um, Show it off. Um, I think how Sue is good parasite covers okay i'm just going through like all titles in my head right now um 
I'm going to say blue velvet. I like the simplicity of it. I like the fact that they did with the whole blue aesthetic. And I really like, like the very like dark images of, you know, um, Isabella Rosalini, like her backside towards, you know, the front, like in the shot, like her backside's toward the front. She's on the floor Mm -hmm. um, in that weird, weird room and things like that. So I would have to, I I think I really like the blue velvet one. I feel like it, it really just highlights the darkness of the film. And it's blue, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Um, okay, so for you, a male actor, you would love to star opposite to, dead or alive. And they would be alive if you choose dead. Like, if you got to be in either a romance or a buddy it, it, film or whatever, a male actor you would love to work alongside with. Paul Dano. Really? But that's a good one. That's a good one. He's great. He's talented. I, he's very, um, he's got a lot of range. Yep. So, because with a lot of actors, I feel like they are sometimes in this box where like, you know, if I pick this person, I could only do like a dramatic film. If I Mm -hmm. pick this person, I could. So I feel like with him, there's a pretty good range. And I, I, I really liked him in There Will Be Blood. Yeah, you learn a lot from an actor like that. And what's I think if I were to be with him, I would be like, like if I were to act with him, I'd be like, can I meet your girlfriend? She's the daughter of Ilya, the granddaughter of Ilya Kazan. Yeah, his girlfriend is the the granddaughter of Ilya Kazan, the director of On the Waterfront, Zoe Kazan. Wow. Yeah. Look at that a connection. Yeah. Have you actually show your grandfather me- being a communist in the nineteen fifties, <laughs> first question you asked um you you showed me one of the first films i think i saw no not maybe not the first one but uh swiss army man and then i saw him in little miss sunshine yep. but you yeah swiss army, swiss army man classic classic movie that should Weird be a criterion <laughs> no it shouldn't be but i i really love that movie um i think for me i would choose brando but i feel like i would be disappointed um, I feel like they say never would, meet your heroes exactly um I feel like he would just be like who's this broad you know and just <laughs> would want me off stage um, um trying to think of so- oh Kyle McLaughlin Twin Peaks oh of course yep. why didn't we think of that before he just seems so nice you know now he's like Papa Kyle he's, Papa he's so Kyle. cute sweet <laughs> Um, all right, your turn now. Um, so I, I know this answer, but it comes with a part two. So your dream job in the entertainment industry and what would be the first project you would do in this dream job? Okay, so dream job in this industry would be a filmmaker. So both writer and director. Um, and producer, why not just throw, just, just do a little trio triple threat. Things, you know? Triple threat. Um, and the first thing I would like to do would be- If you had be, money, anything. It depends. I feel like- What would you I don't. I don't think Antelope is my best be idea. Be your debut, I guess. But I think Antelope would be a good debut, but I also really like the one um, Penrose that, I've, that you've read before and things like yeah. that. That's, that's another good, good one, one, but I feel like 
that wouldn't work well as a debut. I feel like that would be like in between bigger pictures. I feel like that's how it would thrive the most. Do you want to hit hard? Do you want to just? I feel like I I would have to, I feel like I would have to go in with like, in terms of like my, my scale of like, not so hardcore, but this is pretty rough too. I can't look at this anymore, you know, because that's just my range. Um, I think I would either do something in the middle. So something like antelope or um, that one would work well as a movie. Oh, TV show idea I have. Um, I'm just, I'll give you the title. Just, it's called The Hanging Tree. And oh, you told me about this. It's a good one. That's one that one. I think, I think that would do really well as like a limited tv show just a one season one and done i don't like things that continue i don't like sequels i don't like you know tv shows that run on for like i i don't like sequels i'm just like one like like, live and let die one season yeah i I would never do something well i wouldn't say i'm not gonna say never but the something like the hangy tree that idea okay yeah that makes sense yeah but i i don't i'm not a fan of like continuations and stuff i'm not okay i i just one and done that's just me you know okay that's fair um we were talking about this before gun to your head polanski or woody allen ah the uh, they're both gross i'd i'd have to say Polanski only because uh, at the very least there's there's no there's no content in his movies as I from what I'm aware with Woody Allen with Manhattan Annie Hall and probably some of his I I think there's like two other movies yeah I it's just like a breadcrumbs of everything so Polanski only because did kind of get a little slap on the wrist when he was deported. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, exactly. I also don't think he has committed said crimes in the past 30 years or so, whereas that can't be said for Alan. No, he married his daughter. So. Yeah, and he's still with her. And that, that that's a daily crime to me. A daily crime there is still together is a crime to me. Um, so... I I agree. I would choose Polanski. I mean, I do think they're both scummy, but one is less scummier than the other, you know? <laughs> All right. Um, Your turn. Favorite food in a movie you wish you could eat? So think about all the movies that there's a food. Oh, Tampopo. Just give me the ramen. Tampopo. Give me the ramen. Give me all the ramen. Um, In terms of like a made-up food, oh yeah, uh, that that works too. I would love ratatouille made from a little rat in the kitchen. You know, I would really, really enjoy that. (laughs) TikTok's really on your mind lately, dude. They created a whole musical with the rat. I know, so good. Um, Okay, so back to you. Back to me now. kind of already asked this one already so i'm gonna skip that um a cinematic world that you would like to live in or tv show so a movie or tv show town era whatever that you would love to live in um mad men Ooh. 
or The Simpsons. <laughs> I would have never thought The Simpsons, but that would Look, be pretty fun. Hold on. Hold on. Look. <laughs> oh my god. It's the mouse. It's the it's the better mouse, if you know what I mean. Okay. And then this is what I would choose since we're pulling things off our desk. Twin Peaks, I figured. I'd be like, be scoot over, Audrey. There. You're too young. Let me get a piece <laughs> of this Dale action. Thank you. Okay, the best episode in Twin Peaks, my, the, the funniest one, is when that guy, I don't know his name, but you know the actor that comes into town? And I think he's with Audrey on a blanket and he's just singing her a random song. Billy Zane? Yes, and the scene goes on for 10 minutes. And it's like a weird, it's like, down by the river. But that is still not as bad as James's just you and that that occurred like three times. I mean, I would probably like be real with them. I'd be like, James, going to be honest with you, you're very off key and this kind of sucks. Oh, you've <laughs> got to watch the new season because I'm, I'm, from what I remember, he I sings. Think, yeah, he does sing it back. I think <laughs> I vaguely remember that, but I would definitely like want to live in the town of Twin Peaks. I probably would like want to work at the diner and be like, Dale, Dale, Mr. Koopa's in town, you know. Um, All right. Your turn now. Uh, favorite movie experience we've had together. Ooh, together. <laughs> the lighthouse, man. The lighthouse was, I was gonna one say the lighthouse wild too. The lighthouse was just an experience like no other. You know, you and me just like sitting like this, <laughs> like open mouth, and just watching it and going like, "Wow, that's a good scene." But then just laughing when like Defoe's just like, "You love me, lobster," and missing <laughs> it. That was a really, really fun experience to watch. It was a, a wild ride for sure. I think that was like one of our last movie experiences too. It together was before it was. the pandemic. Um. Oh, if you could watch one movie for twenty-four hours straight, what would it be? One movie, only one movie, no YouTube videos, no TV shows, or anything like that in between. It's just twenty-four-seven for one day. Lord of the Rings 2 because I mean it would only like play like what three times in a 24-hour period that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying so like I don't want to pick a short movie and have to replay it like five times I also like Lord of the Rings so there's that um but what about you Ooh, I think um it is tough. I'm playing the strategic I would, game. I wouldn't be able to play like Interstellar because I don't need to cry for 24 hours straight, you know? It's a draining movie, yes. Very draining. Um, I wouldn't want to put a movie that I really, really like because I feel like it could ruin it, you know, the experience for me overall. Um, that I like that I watch a lot. I think I would pick... Um, probably because it's long and because I feel like I would just only be able to watch it three times within a 24-hour period would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. I feel like that's something that I can continuously watch and just try to find little like eggs in and stuff like that and that's one that I'm like not too worried if 
I don't like it anymore. I do love the movie, don't get me wrong, but it's not like Inglorious Bastards or anything, you know that? No, yeah, like, you can go, yeah, you can go without watching it for, for a sure, bit. For sure, Um, Your turn now. Uh, favorite performance from an actress? Ooh. I feel, I feel like we talk about actors a lot, so. Um, just... Yes, in terms of actress, I, for some, the one that I've always loved is Anna Magnani in The Fugitive Kind. And the reason why oh, okay. I think that is so impressive is because, and not only Anna Magnani's character, but Joan Woodward and her character, I think it's because I've never seen a movie before where Brando seems to be outshined. And I mm. really think that is such a big like statement for these two women to just kind of come in and take over the entire movie. And there's this great scene, like Joan Woodward, like there's just two fantastic female-led monologues there's one where Joan Woodward is describing it. She's like, I'm just going chicken and drinking beer. I think that's a great monologue. But then also when Anna Magnani is coming down the stairs, she's yelling at her husband like, I can bear life now. You are nothing to me when she finds out she's pregnant. I think that's a great, great monologue too. So I would have to say that movie, but if I had to prefer performance, Anna Magnani. Very cool. All right. Um. A favorite movie of yours that you feel like no one knows about? Probably everything reviewed on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. It's a guilty pleasure. I talked about it on TikTok. It's called like Water for Chocolate. When you posted that, I was like, I've never heard of this movie in my life. It's not a good movie. It's not. It's a weird film. Um, but... When I talk about it, nobody knows what I'm talking about. And for a long time, I felt like I made it up until I got older and they put it on Netflix. And I was mm. like, you got to watch it. It's a wild ride, Steph. I, 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 wild ride. It does intrigue me. For me, I would have to say white. I feel like out of all the criterions, everyone yeah. talks about red. Everyone talks about blue in terms of the Three Colors trilogy. No one talks about the masterpiece that white is and how it outshines. White's the best one. It's, it's so crazy. I think it's kind of like that same type of like the movie you're talking about where it's just so like crazy and just like nonstop one thing after another type of thing. So that would be like my That's favorite. what makes it good though. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I also really enjoy the actor. I feel like that actor, very underrated as well. Yeah, he was very good. All right, your turn. Uh, let me look on my list. <laughs> uh, okay. And after that it go, this is the same question I asked you before about the director so an actor that everyone loves but you don't think is that good an actor mm -hmm. you know in my mind I was starting to form the words well that's tough and then another thought just went Scarlett Johansson oh <laughs> I just I look I think she's a gorgeous woman I, I just don't think any director has ever like not any majority of directors don't give her something that makes her shine in my opinion the latest one that I do like is, but it's more so I like the character, not supposed to her acting, would be Jojo Rabbit. Um, but I do think she's overrated in terms of male actor. Hugh Grant never liked the dude. <laughs> you know, like he was always in like those nineties, like Hartley, like the Nodding Hill, and same with Julia Roberts. Like I'm like, 
Okay. I, I, I like think her in August Osage uh, County where she's like, eat your catfish. I like that. But like her, <laughs> I'm a hooker. I, I didn't care for those <laughs> moments of her career. Oh, with things like Aaron Brockovich, not my thing. Understandable. Not my thing. Um, what about you? The only thing that I liked Scarlett Johansson in was the movie Her, but it's just her voice in the movie. And, and I think they give her a lot of personality. It's very interesting because I think that's the only role where they give this woman a lot of personality. Yeah. Um, one yeah. thing she gave her a lot of direction too. And I think it really, really like worked out like that. It like, I totally agree with you on that statement. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, the one thing she gets hyped up for now is a marriage story. And me and you have a gripe with that movie. Besides Adam Driver, because you know Adam. Yeah, <laughs> Adam Driver. But yeah, I, I I think they give her very generic work, personally. Yeah, and I just don't like how, and I feel bad for her because I do feel like her entire career kind of took off of the fact that you know men were just like boobs, you know, and when she's like as Black Widow and everything like that, because I remember hearing nonstop about her and having like pities and everything and it's like yeah but like that's that's not why you should have casted her for yeah a you know kick-ass type of role like that um yeah so that yeah I would have to say Scarlett Johansson and Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts maybe even Meryl Streep but I'm not gonna sell oh, myself oh controversial we're getting a little controversial yeah like it's just like dude you play the same role I've like it's just the same like role for Meryl Streep I feel like for me well that's not a fair statement maybe I'm just I don't find her things memorable I'm gonna move on before I get canceled you're not um, wrong oh yeah because I'm thinking about what she's in and it's just like that she's in a lot of things later in life but I feel like you're right in the beginning and but I also just feel like she's good but she's is still like now she's been doing a lot of more political films, which is fine, but I just feel like she's, she kind of goes into phases where she falls really in categories that she's good in, but for too long, you know? I understand. Like if Ray Liotta made two gangster movies, I'm happy. Three? Yeah, yeah. Too much, too much, dude. Um, a scare, the scariest movie character to be trapped in a room with. Besides Woody Allen. (laughs) (laughs) Jack. Really? I thought you would go for like more like horror, like maybe. Who? I don't know. I definitely know I wouldn't want to be in a room with that butthole face lady and that newer movie. Do you know about that? Where it's like, I don't know what the movie's called, but like they gave this woman like the mouth of like an anus. Yeah, because it's like, okay, I, I I looked up that movie. I don't, it's a Spanish film. Yeah. And it was talking about, like, it's very weird. It, w- it would definitely make me uncomfy if that character was in the room okay, with me right now. Okay, but scared? You'd be scared? Or would you just be uncomfortable? I think uncomfy. Okay, scared. Um, oh man. I think it would have to be more monster. Like really? 
Because I, as someone who's written dark things, I'm like, nothing can penetrate this noggin. <laughs> There's already darkness up in here. Because for me, it's like psychological stuff that's scary. Like monsters, uh, like you could kind of tell yourself, okay, whatever, uh, not real. No, and if, if he was in the if, room with me. Like, I'm trying to think if, um, if Slenderman walked in my room right now, I'd be pissing myself, you know? But if Yeah, but it's over in two seconds. Like, I could just be like, ready to go. He one purpose, but with a serial killer or somebody really scary, you got you know it's the mind games. It's a okay. you know what I mean. So with okay. that, I can't handle that. Like if if Hannibal Lecter walked into my room, I'd be like, he's just an old fat. What are you gonna do? Eat <laughs> me? Like I wouldn't be afraid. I guess I guess you could act crazy because they're just humans. <laughs> I think that's why I think. So I, I, I guess think- you could just. Be like, <laughs> I know how to like fool humans. I don't know how to fool Just monsters. Start, like pacing you know? around the room. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, man, something that would genuinely like, terrify me if I was in. Um... Oh, I think it's because oh, this terrified me as a kid. So I feel like it would probably terrify me as an adult. Um, do you remember in um, Poltergeist, do you remember that white skeleton, like, yeah, thing with, like, that, if that, like, popped out of my closet right now, I'd be, like, gone. Like, I wouldn't, no cardiac arrest, no, no stroke, no nothing, just Pass instant. Away. Yep. Yeah. That would just be for me. That would, that would, that's what I think. Or even Art the Clown, you know, with them teeths. I feel like I don't have words strong enough to go against that, you know? It's not like I could be like, I'm crazy, you know? And meanwhile, this <laughs> clown's going to cut me up with a chainsaw, you know? <laughs> I can't fool someone like that, you know? I uh, have a, that kind of relates to my next question. Okay, your question? Who do you think you can go up against in a fight? <laughs> Film edition. Uh, I feel like I could go against a lot of people like all those serial killers mentally I'd be like what's up you ain't special you just didn't like your mother like I would I would go for the gusto I would go for the kill like that does it reality is a different story but in, in like cinematic like people who I've already learned about and things like that it's like no you just got mommy issues like like you know if like little Norman Bates was like Dressed oh, no, up you, his you mother in my room. Against Norman Bates. Yeah. Um, you could tear him down. Someone I could physically... Who I could anything. not? Or could I go against? You could say both. It's a free... You were having a free discussion. I don't think Terrifier I would be able to handle. Um, But I do think... I think six foot two is my limit. Anything above six foot two is going to be a no for me. Like, I'm going to, I just can't. What am I going to do? Do a WWE move and jump off my bed and just go for the, the neck, you know? You know, would it be a good strategy? What? Just start speaking another language aggressively. Just well, act like I you're mad at them. I don't know another language, so that really doesn't work for me. Pretend. I thought like always what a good strategy is would be like, oh, you're here finally. And then you're <laughs> stripping naked, you know, that, that's another good tactic. Um, yeah, I feel like I could pretty much take anyone because I fight dirty. Um, like I'm someone where people are like, come on, right? And then all of a sudden I'm reaching for that belt that's there and I'm whipping. 
I'm doing tornadoes, you know, in my room and stuff. But I feel like anyone who's over like six two, that's where it's like, hmm, you know. Especially someone like okay. I, I don't think I could take Jason. That's I don't think I could take. Oh my god, no! Another thing, nope. If the xenomorph was in my closet right now, dead. Another thing, I'd be dead. <laughs> I'm not gonna wait for that second jaw to pop out and you know just remove my my freaking thorax and shit. You know who I think we could both take? Us together, who? Saw. That hold me on the bicycle? <laughs> Not that. The guy, the guy who plays the games. <laughs> Not the doll. <laughs> I was like, dude, I can take that one swift, swift kick, you know? No, the, what's his name? Jigsaw or something. I feel like that's like a strategy. You could act crazy with that. You could just be like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, I and think I think mentally you be... can get in his head. You could just be like, you still got cancer, right? Mm, you're last, you know what I mean? I feel you get in his head. But nobody really well, I, I feel like, Yeah, that's the same way how I feel with like, if, you know, Ross Lynch as Jeffrey Dahmer came in, I'd be like, dude, it's 2021. It's okay to be gay. Chill, <laughs> just chill, you know? Um, but I feel like, you know, if it was like Michael Myers- you know, uh, uh, Jason or Freddie, any of those, I don't think I would because of the sheer, it's this mass. They got a lot of mass right they here do. and a lot they of got height. A lot of torso. You know, it's not something I feel like if I did a punch or if I threw a chair or anything, I don't think it would be enough torque to really do any damage to them. Even if I had like a blade or, you know, katana, whatever, I don't, think I would be able to do because those just seem like especially in like my room those people are just walls they just get you in the corner and just like that that's it I feel like I could probably outrun them you know but <laughs> but I don't need to find out in reality if I could you know what I mean <laughs> all right was that the last question for you for me or do you yeah. have one more okay no, that, that's how I'm ending the night my question is to you, an actor or actress, you cannot stand, whether it be their acting or their social personality, whatever oh. it may be, but everyone seems to like. Who's the girl from Cups? Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't, I don't think she's funny. Nothing hey, against we're her. We're not talking about, uh, we're not talking about Rebel Wilson. No, we're talking about the, what's Anna something. I don't like her either. I, she's not a bad person, but like, she's not funny. I don't think she's funny. And everyone's like, oh, she's so funny. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like maybe her. Maybe it's not my humor. I, no. I don't think she's a very good actress either. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Personally. Um, no one likes Gwyneth Paltrow. So that wouldn't work for me. She's a very, anybody who think, sells goop. Yeah. Like things like not. I'm going to, I'm going to stick a crystal up my hoo-hoo and you know, I'm going to be okay for the rest of my Try life. Trying to scam us all at this point. I love how that woman, she's like, go buy my $50 supplements. And then meanwhile, she admits in a video, I drink a martini every single day. I drink two <laughs> martinis. It's like, okay, that's not really what I was expecting. But, um, I also I'm trying to think who else. I don't like a lot of also, maybe it's because 
I don't like I don't like a lot of the younger like what's his, the younger actors uh Noah something he's on the Netflix movie yeah, I don't like Centennial. a lot of those people just because maybe I'm getting old maybe I'm not in with the youth anymore but with things like I that I just don't find like here's the thing in terms of like in with youth like uh, if you compare like whatever I don't know what's going on we were around uh, high school musical Zac Efron. He's okay. But like for like for example, like if we're comparing people who are playing similar ages or high school ages to us, there's a difference between Noah Centennial and his movies and a show like Euphoria. You know, those like all those actors I love. And even like an actor like Jacob Elordi, who's closer to our age and everything, I think he's yeah. fantastic. But someone like Noah, it's just sometimes just people have a face and it's like, oh, you would not be nice to me you know like it's just you can tell like all those tiktok people like i feel like it's like oh the tiktok the like, famous it, 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 it's just like I, I feel like you know what i see like all these young people getting like so much like it, it's like i get it you're doing your little you know whatever that stuff is but i totally feel like you would call me some type of slur and i'm not even someone you could call a slur i just feel like you would just they're just like the mean kids in high school right they look like the mean kids in high school yeah like and i feel like they would be like you're you're a millennial and i'm like i'm actually gen z like i feel like they're those type of people you know but i also speaking of which i don't like any (laughs) sort of like a statement I don't like 30 year old women I don't like um I I don't like because I was thinking about like those women so I like oh Gen Z middle part I'm like that is what it is you know Sharon like (laughs) let bygones be bygones you know I don't understand this war either yeah that doesn't make much sense to me but actor or actress cannot stand but everyone seems to like I don't like Vanessa Hudgens She's not very smart. No. She no. made all those comments about COVID and it was just like, girl. And she's not really an actress, but I don't like Taylor Swift. I get like. You don't like Taylor Swift? She gives, like, she's a horse girl, you know? The, Swift, the Swifties are going to come after us. She's got a hard fan base. Dude, I don't think any Swifty is listening to this right now. <laughs> And if you're offended, I apologize. It's just, I have every opinion, every right to have an opinion. I have every opinion. I have every right to have an opinion to not like Taylor Swift as those who want to stand by her and call themselves a Swifty. Maybe a Swiffer picker-upper. No, that's lame. (laughs) Um, All right, that's that's it for me. And it's been a whopping two hours since we started filming. Two and a half hours. We did it, though. So... Hopefully you guys enjoyed our 50th special. Um, Let us know if you prefer the video. This is recording via Zoom. Let us know if you prefer this type of footage compared to just podcasts, because we'll see if we can do both. Okay. Uh, So next time uh, we're going to be reviewing the movie Groot, also known as Another Round starring Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, So until then, we'll see you next time. Bye.